The message you're about to listen to is produced by the Trans Edge Church. We believe you will be blessed and changed by it. The Trans Edge change is inevitable. Praise God. You see, when you come to God's house, don't wait to be, oh, how do I put this? Don't wait to be wound up. Come already wound up. Come ready to inspire and motivate others so that you can allow yourself to go on a new level. Because until you let it out, there is no moving forward, you know that? Until you are able to teach what you know or what you think uh, you have received, you have not really completely taken in the knowledge and the fact. So until you can teach what you've learned, you really don't know it yet. So every time we all gather together, let's receive as though we have been given the mandate to teach it. Amen. So let's receive. You know, every time that I'm studying God's word, I'm studying for myself, but mostly I'm studying to, to be able to teach. And while I'm studying to teach, then I'm learning for myself. God starts to open my eyes. Why? Because he knows every word he gives me, I'm ready to spread it. I'm not keeping it for myself. Can I say to you, don't be a selfish Christian. Don't be just taking it, taking it, taking it Christian. Because very quickly, you'll be so full. You can't take it anymore. And you'll be puffed up with too much wisdom. Right? You'll be puffed up. There'll be so much. And because you can't give out, but you just feel like, you know what? I know everything now, you know? I just know a lot. I've been with God, you know? I've been with God. Yes, what did God tell you? Say, no, it's a secret. All right. Great. It's a secret. Fantastic. But if you don't let it out, God will give that same secret to another person who can't keep it. Are you still here? Because God is giving you a word not just for yourself, but for the people, for the world around you. And that was why Jesus said to the disciples, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, Paul said to Timothy, he said, the things that I've taught you amongst many witnesses, he said, the same disseminate to those who are able to pass it on also. And I believe that I'm passing on what God has given me to those who can as well pass it on to their world. And that's the only way the Spirit of God can hover around our world, hover above our words and take charge. Hallelujah. All right. Now, on Sunday, if you remember, <clears throat> we talked about I'm looking for a way to ask the question. I didn't want to tell you. So, what did we talk about? If you remember. What? Extra. Extra. Amen. Extra. And we said it's a year of extra. If you remember. Because fruitfulness is one thing. Abundance is extra. Right? Abundance means overflowing, much more than you require, much more than you can carry, much more than your capacity 
So, if God is promising extra, we ought to bring extra too. And we'll learn from the book of Nehemiah how Ezra, the scribe, you know, opened the book and was going to read out of God's book to the people. Now, he didn't just open the book. They went to Ezra and said, hey, get out of the book. We want to hear God's word. Just the same way you came tonight to hear God's word. So they went to Ezra and said, we want to hear God's word. All right. And as they were all there wanting to hear God's word, in fact, up until then, there was no platform. But this time, the people were ready for God's word. And the first thing they did was to build a platform. It wasn't Ezra that built the platform. But the people wanted not just only them who are close enough to Ezra to hear the word, but they wanted others way behind them to be able to hear the word as well. So they built him a platform so that he can stand on top of it. So <clears throat> Ezra stood on the platform. Now, don't forget, we were not done with extra last week. Okay, we're continuing with it. So one of the first things you need to do to be able to prepare yourself to hear God's word is to build a platform. Because until the word of God is ready to sit on the throne of your heart, you are not ready yet. And the platform is an elevated position for God. You are giving him the, the best part. You are giving him the most precious, you know, uh, position in your life, in your heart. You are giving him the best part of your day. The beauty platform. The beauty platform. And the second part. Ezra stood on it. Brought the book. You remember the scriptures, right? You remember? Or should we read it? We'll read it, don't worry. Nehemiah chapter 8. Ezra stood on the platform. Got the book out. As he opened it. What happened? The people stood up. I'm not sure where they were or what position they had taken initially, but as he opened the book, the people stood up. The people stood up. They were ready to receive. They couldn't wait. They were ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for fruitfulness? Are you ready to become fruitful? Because when God gives the word, he does not make the word, you know, um, act on your behalf. No, you have to log in to the word and make the word of God works for, work for you. The Bible says in Psalm 119, I believe verse 89, it said, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed, settled in heaven. In other words, when God gives his word, it's done in heaven. So whether or not you have taken advantage of it, it's considered done. So when you get into the pathway of God's word, then it works for you. Why? Because it's already been signed off. It's just like giving you a check. Anyone who gives you a check and signs on it, he knows that the money, although it's still sitting in the bank, but it's gone. 
but it's completely up to you whether or not you want to cash it. I'm not talking about those people who give bounce check, you know. I'm talking about those people who actually give, you know, check. But once, you know, a few few months ago, we gave some checks out for some of our bills and some of our honorarium and whatever we do. We gave some checks out. And for some reason, I knew there was this one check that had not been presented in the bank. And whereas others quickly went for it. And I saw this money coming out of the bank and I'm thinking, oh God, thank God we had enough money to cover all those checks. So they were going out. But there was this one that was left. And I was thinking, what happened? It's either the person made up their mind to go, you know what? Oh no, it's church, so I'll just leave it for them. I said, but at least you'd have communicated. And all of a sudden, last weekend, I saw the money disappeared. I'm thinking, where is the money? And I saw check number so, so, and so. I'm thinking, all right. He finally decided to cash in his check. You see, at times, it's that way with us. When God gives the word, it's also already a check that has been given. Until you take advantage of it, nothing happens. Nothing happens. But you just need to key into it. Ezra opened the book. He has not read anything. But the people stood up. They could have sat down and did nothing. You know? And our most comfortable position these days, not because a few of you are doing it, I do it myself, is just to fold my hands. You know, because it's comfortable. It's comfortable. You just kind of, you know, you're on your own by yourself, you know, just chilling. But at times, it's okay to let yourself go. To let yourself go. Respond to God's word. And we can easily go this way to say, well, the way we respond to God's word is by the spirit. Of course. How about God blessing you by the spirit only? And no physical things come out of it. You know, he said, make a joyful noise. He said, I'll make a joyful noise by the Spirit. Is it by the Spirit? No. It should come out of your mouth. He said, out of the mouth of babes and suckling comes forth praise. And it doesn't have to be melodious. It doesn't have to be posh. It doesn't have to be structured. He just wants the praise. So Ezra opened the book. The people stood up. And I, and, I, and I think probably not all of them at the same time, but probably one person led the way. Perhaps it was just one person that did it first. You know, just the same way Pastor Osas is always saying, come on, yeah, yeah. And others are looking, what's wrong with you? Just shut up. Let's hear the word. Okay, it's all right, we heard it. But you see, one person could motivate you. And possibly the more you sit with pastors, as the more you start to realize, you know what? Yeah, actually, it makes sense. And before you know it, you're on your feet. Praise God. Why? Because, huh. you know, when you are expecting something, 
It's your response that makes the word, the music, whatever it is, comfort even better. It's your response. Think about it. If, who is that person? Um, let's say Justin Bieber, right? How many of us don't know Justin Bieber? Justin Bieber, the pop star, all right? So Justin Bieber comes to town and, and no one shows up for his concert. <laughs> right? There you go. And no one shows up for his concert. Probably only a few Elo type people that, that showed up for Justin Bieber's concert. Who, who knows? But do you think he will be able to do as much as he has the capacity to? No. Jesus, in his own city, in his own town, the Bible says he could not do many miracles because of unbelief. Because they look at him and say, ah, Jesus, we know you. You are the son of the carpenter. Uh, we even remember your mom got pregnant even before she got married. You know, they, they knew the story. So while Jesus is even praying and laying hands, instead of them concentrating on the laying on of hands, they are thinking, uh, you know, that table your father fixed for me is still broken. So they're thinking about his humanity. Whereas Jesus is bringing upon them the whole deity, the power that created heavens and earth. But he said, regardless of the personality of Jesus as the God, as part of the Godhead, he could not do. He couldn't. Not because he did not try. He tried. He couldn't. Is there anything impossible for God? No. He could have done it, but he couldn't because of unbelief. So, the only thing that stops God's miraculous powers from working in one's life is unbelief. And unbelief can be manifested in so many ways. Unbelief can be manifested in the way we respond to God's word. And I'm saying to you, I bet you, before end of February... You are going to be yelling and shouting, I tell you. Why? Because we cannot keep God's word quiet in this house. In the name of Jesus. You see, the more you respond to it, the more God goes, you know what? They deserve more. It looks like they want more. You, you see, why? Because knowledge, wisdom, and, and, and the power of God is manifested when God's name is praised. You see, when you stand up and lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. God sees through those hands into your heart. Amen. All right. All right. All right. And what was the next one? All right, let's go there. Nehemiah chapter 8. You know, on Sunday, we're talking about how Nehemiah opened the book and read it aloud. He read it aloud. He wasn't quiet. He read it aloud. He read it aloud. That's fantastic. You know, that was from verse 3. He says, so, he read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. 
Other people listened attentively to the book of the Lord. That's fantastic. That's the same way you are listening. Can I say this? I'll say it. And Isaac, at some point, please edit it, okay? Don't add it to the one that we'll publish. Whilst we were going about extra last week Sunday, do you know one person was sleeping? Oh, she was just enjoying herself. She was sleeping. And when, even when I finished, I'd finished speaking, and everyone was standing up, she was still sitting, sleeping, because she didn't know when I finished. And I'm pretty sure she went home refreshed. But there are those who went home motivated. And I couldn't wait to get that message because I got the message, quickly got it on my phone because I knew while I was ministering, I was not getting much. But I needed to get much. And since Sunday, I've listened to that message four times already. Some people might go, yeah, because you like the sound of your voice, right? No, not because of that. No, I used to hate the sound of my voice. Until the Holy Spirit told me, while you are speaking, you are not getting anything. You are feeding the people. So until you listen back to the message, you've not heard anything yet. And I thought, oh yeah, that makes sense. So I started listening to the message. Because I realized, in, in fact, some of the things that I talk about during message, I had no clue. Actually, can I be honest? Half of the things that I share with you is the things that I've prepared. The other half, I have no clue where it's coming from. Of course I have a clue where it's coming from. It's coming from the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So, in other words, if I finish speaking to you, I've only gained half. If I have not listened to the word. I've got to listen back for me to get the full. And at times, you know, you don't completely understand uh, what, what, what you've read or what you've listened to the first time. But the more you listen to it, the more you gain more knowledge. All right? So hold on to Isaac. Tell Isaac, edit them and publish them. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 5. And this was what we were talking about earlier. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. Are you still here? Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands. He didn't tell them lifted. They just did. They just did. They just responded. He was praising God, but the people were responding. They lifted their hands and responded, Amen! Amen! Do you know that there are some prayers you don't need to pray because you've already responded to the answer? You've already responded. And the prayer that surpasses every other prayer that you can pray is the prayer of worship. That one person is worshiping and you are responding in another room. I tell you what happens in my house at times. Someone is in a different room and just singing at times. And it's going to happen more this year in the name of Jesus. Someone is in a different room and just singing. And the other person 
hears the song and is singing along and halfway through that song, that person stops and is speaking in tongues. And the person that started the song stopped halfway through the song and joined in the tongues. Two different rooms, but people are responding. I pray that will happen in your house. In the name of Jesus. In my house, it will happen more. At times, we don't even have to call ourselves together. Let's pray. One person starts from somewhere. But that person is sure that it will flow through the house. It will flow through. Why? Because before that person ends, the other person is speaking in tongues and the kids are wondering what is going on to dad and mom. It is happening. It is happening. You've got to be the one to set your house on fire. You, you get it? You've got to be the one to set the, the atmosphere in the house. Don't set the atmosphere through quarrel. Don't set the atmosphere through anger. Don't set the atmosphere through, you know, anything that does not glorify God. But rather, set the atmosphere through the word, through worship, through loving God. Be the model of what you want to see. Amen. Because when you do it, others may not join you the first day. But when you are consistent, before you know it, they will join you. Can I ask you? At times when you see no one is joining you, you feel frustrated. But hey, because you are doing it for them to see, that's why you are feeling frustrated. But when you don't do it for them to see, you won't feel frustrated. You continue, you continue, but before you know it, they join you. Why? Because if they can't beat you, <laughs> of course they will join you in the name of Jesus. All right. Now, if you saw the pattern of things that happened just in those few verses, and this was only the first day, verse 2 says, so on the first day, it was only the first day that they responded to God's word this way. Only the first day. And you saw, they, they, they created a platform, you know, Ezra opened the book and they stood up. And Ezra was praising God by himself. And the people lifted their hands and said, Amen and Amen to what Ezra was saying. What a response. What a response. But yet, that was just only the first day. It was only the first day. Okay, check this. Mm. And it didn't stop at Amen and Amen. Do you realize it didn't stop there? What did they do next? Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. You see, those levels of worship to God, the first one is you respect, you revere the word of God when it's opened. You revere by standing up. All right, at that point they stood up. Then the next one, while Ezra was praising God, they lifted their hands. That's the second level, right? And the third one, they opened their mouth. Now, it's not only just physical, uh, you know, maneuvering of yourself, but they opened their mouth and said, Amen and Amen. And the last, when they could no longer stand it, they fell on their faces and worshipped God. They fell on their faces and worshipped God. You see, in your life, don't ever feel embarrassed to fall on your face and worship God. 
Don't ever feel embarrassed. Why? Because you're worshiping the king of all the earth. You're saying, Lord, you own all of me. I belong to you. That's what you're saying. I belong to you. And when you say I belong to you, it means I do not control myself. I don't have control of myself. It is for you. You get to the point where you feel so overwhelmed by his grace, by his loving kindness, that you fall on your face and worship him. You bow down before him and worship him. And you know what? He sees it. He sees it. Oh, come on. Let, let me take you there. Let me take you there. Oh, hallelujah. Second Chronicles. Chapter 7. Are you there? Second Chronicles chapter 7. I've got three minutes. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Uh, you, you know what? Whenever I stand here to talk to you, to share God's word, I'm enjoying myself. And that is why I'm always over the time. So regardless of how much time they give me, I always beat it. It's a challenge, Kate. It's a challenge. Give me whatever time and I'll beat it. Praise God. No, I'm, I'm learning. All right. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Hmm. Huh. Mm. I just want to take you to the very point. I don't want to run around. Praise God from whom all blessing flows. <clears throat> Chapter 7, verse 4. Are you still here? Mm. Then the king, and we're talking about King Solomon. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 oxen. Now, if you remember, on Sunday, we talked about another sacrifice that Solomon made. And in chapter 1 of Second Chronicles, we realized that Solomon gave a sacrifice of 1,000 oxen. Or sheep, whatever it was. But the requirement was just for one. Are you still here? The requirement was bring only one sacrifice, only one sheep. You know, for a burnt offering and another one for, uh, you know, sin offering, whatever. Thanksgiving offering. But this time, Solomon didn't bring one. He brought 1,000 of them. He, was, he went crazy. He brought 1,000. And what happened? That night, God came to him and said, Solomon, what do you want? He got God's attention. And God said, what do you want? He said, God, I, I don't want anything. He said, no, 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 no. You never do things like this. 
So, but you got my attention. So, what do you want? So, I just want wisdom. Now, fast forward to chapter 7. This time, <laughs> you see why? Because if he gave 1,000 again, it will become the usual. But God is wanting extra. He didn't bring 1,000 again in chapter 7. In verse 5, he brought 22,000. He brought extra. Way more. The, 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 the child that will get the country talking. The, the kind that will get the prime minister's attention. To say, well, there, there are no more lambs or, or sheep or goats in the abattoir. Why? Because Michael took everything to church. Solomon took everything. It will come out in the news. No meat in the market. Why? Because one crazy person took all of them for his God. The guy was crazy. He took 22. Check it out. Verse 5. Verse 5. And the Lord and, the, and King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 20 and 2,000 and 120,000 sheep. He didn't stop at 22,000. That was oxen, 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. He must have gone to New Zealand because that's the only place you can get that much sheep and, and oxen, right? 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. And, and, and that's just to say, God, this house is now for you. So they didn't stop at building the house. Of course, some of us will go, well, that's enough just to build the house where God his name shall be praised. So we've built the house. That's enough. But no, he didn't stop there. But to say, God, this is your house, he brought in 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep just to celebrate God. Wow. You know what happened just after that? Hmm. Ha. Huh. Verse 12. Quickly, verse 12. And this is the second time the same thing is happening. Verse 12. Oh, Isaac. God bless you. Oh, it's Ethan. And, verse 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I've heard your prayer. We're not going to finish studying this today. But I tell you something. In, in chapter 6, Solomon had prayed specific prayer. Specific prayers. In chapter 7, he made that offering to God. In, chapter, uh, in verse 12 of chapter 7, you know what, Solomon, uh, what God did? God came to Solomon and said, I've heard your prayer. And then he started quoting what Solomon had prayed. God has never done that before until this time. God had never quoted anyone until Solomon's time. He started quoting Solomon's prayer. And every time he quoted Solomon's prayer, he said, I will do it as you have said. Oh, I wish you got it. 
I wish you got it. You see, it just depends on how much you give yourself to God. Can you see the reason why the children of Israel in Ezra chapter 8 fell before their face? They fell before their face. So this is much, man. I'm overwhelmed by his presence. I'm overwhelmed by his anointing. I, I can stand this. I know it was beautiful to just stand while the word is being read. It was beautiful to lift my hands and, in, in worship of God. And, and it was great to yell amen and amen. But this time, I just can't stand it. I can't stand it. And they fell on their face to worship God. Don't forget, that was still... The first day. That was still the first day. And I'm going to stop at the first day. Next time, we'll go into the second day. In Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Can we stand on our feet? The message you've heard was produced by the Trans Edge Church, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us by email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com.